0: Blog Talk Radio
1: access your sound card.
2: sound
1: card. Microphone seems to be working fine. Okay. Chat to call quality guide. Speaker.
2: Speaker. Then that's
1: what it is. Uh, adjust, adjusting. The automatically adjusting is not. So let's see. If. Oh. Of course, it's automatic. Go
0: to control panel. I think speed
1: K Watt Radio, and this is Patty Holston, and we're on live today. And uh, we're going to have some problems with our uh, feedback here on Skype, so we're going to go by telephone. And our uh, guest today our episode, of course, is Impact of Story, and this is uh, Ray Gorham. And Ray, Ray, are you there? Hello. You hearing me? It is Ray. Hello.
0: Hello. Can you hear Hello? me? Hello.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. We were having some technical difficulties. And can you hear me?
3: Yeah, I can hear you pretty good.
1: Good. Sometimes when one uh, technology doesn't work, you just you just uh, go with the easier thing, and that's the cell phone. So, <laughs> so uh, I, you know, we started a little bit late, but we're gonna get started here. And I'd like everybody to know a little more, bit more about you. So, uh, even though they've read your bio, perhaps please let them know where you're from and a little bit about your book and how you got started with this.
3: Oh, uh, okay. See, I was born. Calgary, Canada, and actually had the opportunity to live in a bunch of different countries around the world as I grew up. We spent some Australia and England, Lebanon, and then back to Canada, so I had an interest experience that way, and currently I live in Montana, I've lived in a few uh, I. In two thousand and eight, kind of in September when everything was crashing down in the economy, I could tell by canceled projects and I was gonna have a bunch of time on my hands, so I decided that rather than all winter I'd better do something productive and that's why uh where I got the time to write the book and that's when I over the winter of two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Wow.
1: Well I guess the question is obviously um that you're writing the story, obviously is something that you maybe you've gotten started when you were younger, where you're writing a young at younger younger age and something you've always wanted to do.
3: Well, about ten years ago, I kind of got the the bug to to try and write a book. My father-in-law actually had talked about it and planted the seed. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought that would be a a, a unique challenge to try, I guess. And oh, yeah. I write one about 10 years ago but just was too busy and was wasn't committed enough to it and i never i got about ten thousand words in and just kind of left it by the wayside but this time with a lot of time on my hands and and not a lot of distractions i figured i better do it if i was ever going to do it
1: now is this okay. the same story that you were working on then that you continue now or did it kind of totally turn into something completely different that you didn't know it was coming
3: This one was completely different, actually. I kind of was driving to work one day. We kind of build out in the country so we have some, you know, longer commutes. And for whatever reason, I wanted to come up with a story about uh, my wife had just read, I think it was The Horse Whisperer, and Mm -hmm. was kind of really disappointed with it because, you know, it's an affair and they're cheating and this, that, and the other. And I thought, you know, somebody needs to write a book about you know, people that are faithful and loyal and and overcome obstacles to to stay true and and I thought, you know, need to have some guy that you know, has to do some major thing to get back to his family and then kinda of the, the EMP kinda of was the the main thing that I could think of that would cause put somebody in that difficult of a situation and and those two things kinda of just blended together.
1: Well, you can't call this a techno thriller. Why would you call it that?
3: I'm sorry. What was that?
1: A techno thriller. It's an interesting uh, uh, subgenre. Yeah, I I didn't know really how to categorize
3: it. It was really a kind of a. It's not a true romance novel, and it's not a true thriller, and I didn't think it classif- or qualified as you know literary fiction, and so. Techno thriller was kind of the one that, with the EMP and everything, that's where it seemed to find its closest home. Although I don't think it's totally uh, at home there, but it's it's where it works, I guess, at this point.
1: Well, I find that a lot of a lot of books now are multiple genres. Uh, I think it's because that's what people are wanting to read now. It's something that's not just you know categorized as one thing, but has a lot of layers, a lot of different uh, categories in it. Is that how you read as well?
3: Yeah, I I don't, I like uh, you know, I like stories where I learn something and you know, I'm not so much into the super hero or the you know, the Navy SEAL that kills 500 people on his way home from work kind of a deal. (laughs) I like books with a little bit more depth and and so I tried to write something that I would enjoy reading. So I guess it probably reflects my taste as much as anything.
1: Yeah, that's definitely uh, so. That's one reason why you you get involved with this thing. Is this the kind of story that you like to read, though?
3: It is. Yeah. I yeah. I, l- I want characters that I can relate to and that are likable and that you know. I you know I realize that this is a you know, fictional situation, but something that's believable. You know, sometimes these guys that, you know, go through these things, it's just like, you know, there's no way anybody can really do that.
1: Right. Right. That's why you don't really get into superheroes, but you're into something that might be, you know, might come to be true.
3: Yeah, but a a realistic situation at least, maybe not a real situation, but...
1: Right. Right. Fiction can't be be real, but it's... (laughs) Realistic.
3: Yeah, it, it, it's got to be, at least for me, it needs to be believable.
1: Right, definitely true. And uh, is this, this is your first book, so what's coming is, after uh, this? Is it, is there another story right, right after this one attached to it, or you're starting something else? Well,
3: I would like to write, I kind of, when I first wrote this, I had in my it would be like a three-part deal. The first one would be him getting home, and then the next one would be you know maybe the next year or so and then the one after that would kind of be the the recovery and kind of getting things back to normal so that's as far as this book goes that's kind of how i envisioned it i got a few different ideas in fact while i was trying to find a i had written this one hadn't even intended to do the the digital self-publishing deal i was trying to find an agent and a book deal and
0: right. uh
3: that wasn't receiving a lot of attention just because, you know, my background isn't really conducive to agents wanting to sign me, sign you into a contract. So I was writing one about a, the main character is a guy that can see the future and kind of how it impacts him and his community and, and people and stuff. So that's, I've got that one about two thirds down, but I've just been so busy with work. I haven't been able to get it all the way ready to to publish yet.
1: Oh, okay. But but it is out right now, right? Because that's why I, I but I read that it to be out. It was well, out Well I'm last hoping year, to right? get it out
3: this year. It's it's not it's not out yet, but at some point I'd like
1: oh, to get it okay. out this year. Oh okay. I wasn't aware of that. But uh, I looked at the, the date there, I thought that was interesting. Um I it was interesting your cover. definitely very intriguing cover which first got my attention. And uh, of course that's what a cover should do. How did you uh decide what you were going to have on the cover?
3: Uh actually I had uh at first because you know I didn't have a lot of money and stuff to invest in it. I had done a cover just myself on a uh Photoshop and just had mm-hmm. a picture of, you know, North America at night and I took all the lights off of it and and just kind of use that as the cover. And then, you know, the book started to do reasonably well, and I thought, well, I should do a cover that is probably a little bit more professional looking. And so I, got, I found a, a guy online that just did a great job for me, and it's, yeah. you know, just trying to reflect the, you know, the, the blackout situation that the country finds
1: itself in, so. Well, definitely that, and see, I'm a long-time graphic designer, so you uh, got my attention with it. Which is which is what you're supposed to do. And well, uh, yeah, the bright the bright colors along with the start background.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to kinda of do the the title I was trying to make it look maybe a little bit like, you know, the sun rising or setting or something like that and then the dark city background to reflect the the situation with an EMP.
1: Right. Okay, just so, so I'm gonna let go backwards here. Just let everybody know that your guest call-in number, you can call in every time. It shouldn't just be us talking, uh, but call in at 714-242-545. I know several of you on Facebook were interested in this book, so definitely time to call in. 714-242-5145. Also, as you scroll down on your page, there's a chat area. If you don't, can't get to a phone or you don't want to, you know, it is as a long distance call. So if you don't have a cell phone that allows for long distance, then you're going to be charged for it. So uh, the chat another way to do that. Um, or you just you know don't want to uh, talk physically to them, to us. Then go ahead and leave a message there. And I will. Any question or comment, I will definitely pass to Ray. So Ray, how did you really decide on this kind of a story? Because it seems. Like kind of gloomy, but is it going to end? Hopefully, it ends on a good
3: note. Yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for a happy ending, so I don't <laughs> okay. like, you know, wanna, I want to, I want to have people, I don't know, up, I don't know, if uplifted is the right word, but you know, feel good about stuff when they're when they're done with something. So, yeah, it's kind of a dark subject in a way, but hopefully the characters and the you know, situation provide a little
1: bit of hope and stuff. So, so it's obviously a good time to write this kind of a story because you're coming come the end of 2012. So is that yeah? What's the, the my calendar have, and everything? Yeah. So you think that you're going to yeah. get a lot of interest because of that?
3: I I certainly don't think that hurts at all. It wasn't no. my <laughs> intention. In fact, I had started in 2008, and actually another thing that helped was. Uh, William Fortune, his book, uh, One Second After, came out okay. in the spring of 2009. And, you know, at first I almost quit because he kind of a real similar premise, and I had just finished my second draft, and I thought it wouldn't be well-received if there was another book with the same premise. But actually I think that ended up helping me with people getting more aware of the EMP um Threat and making it more of an acceptable topic to to, to discuss. So,
1: no, explain to me about these EMPs.
3: Okay, yeah. What an EMP is is um, when a nuclear bomb is detonated, uh, it releases gamma rays, and mm-hmm. if it's detonated at ground level, the de- physical destruction is so much that the you know the impact of the gamma rays is doesn't really get noticed but they found if they detonate a nuclear bomb up in the upper atmosphere and kind of the the i guess the perfect place to do that's about 300 miles up and if they do it up there there's no physical i mean it doesn't blow buildings over or anything like that but the gamma rays it's like a massive radio pulse and it whatever um metal or uh conductive material that that pulse encounters, it overloads it and destroys it. So what uh they found is that if they were to do that, that it would take down our entire electrical infrastructure, it would fry any computer chips that weren't protected, it would, you know, destroy communications, uh would have just a devastating impact on the the infrastructure of the country. And it's something that we're extremely vulnerable to because we have so much. I mean, if you think about, you know, your day, how much you use electricity and computers, mm-hmm. and even if not a computer, a computer chip in your cell phone or your car or right. whatever else, right. and all those things would get impacted by it.
1: So, so you uh, do you know anything about the fact that they're, they're thinking that there's gonna be solar flares that cause this kind of same kind of uh destruction.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's uh they call it a Carrington event that can have mm-hmm. it's not the exact same but there's a lot of related things. It's not quite as um it won't take out like computer chips but it will take down electrical grids and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it would be really similar and it'd just be really difficult to to recover from.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot well, of people just yeah, definitely. And so, because I, I and then part of the Moon Society, so something that we discussed of that that you know this might happen is actually, you know, they they've already started. So, <laughs> it's like uh, curious that the timing you know is all all around this, but you're you're saying that it's going to come. So, your premise of your story is that it's going to come from uh, one of the countries trying to take another country out.
3: Yeah, my the premise of my story is it's basically Iran that, that does it. And, and mm-hmm. kind of the, the scary thing about it is they don't need to launch, like, 50 nuclear bombs to do this. It just takes a single one that can do it. And, you know, Iran, they can't go toe-to-toe with us with militaries. I mean, our, I don't even know if they have an Air Force and a Navy and stuff like that. So they can't fight us on a level playing field. So something mm-hmm. like this would be really uh, kind of their only chance to... To do any serious damage to us, and, and, and we know that uh, that Iran has tested firing missiles and detonating yep. them up, yep. you know, in the air. So we know that they're they're trying to perfect the technology to do it. It's just no, whether and you know. that
1: since you re, you really are showing that this definitely could happen now. Oh because yeah, without a doubt. We we know that. we you're kind of going right in alignment with with the news and things that are going on, the current events. Yeah.
3: And that's in a, you know before I started working on the story and really getting interest in the EMP thing, I'd always wonder you know when North Korea would do their nuclear tests. Yeah, yeah. It was always like, well, it's just Korea. I mean, who cares what they do? I mean, you know, it's just or you know, all they have is one bomb. Why do we care? Well, you understand what an EMP can do. You realize how even a That's all it takes. A, yeah, just North Korea, I mean, about the weakest country on earth, could still cripple us with just a single yeah. bomb. So it really does make it scary to think about what what the impact of their attacks can do.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So uh, what does your family think about your writing, this kind of a story?
3: Oh, this kind of a story?
1: Or any, you know, obviously uh-huh. you chose this kind of story, so... so. <laughs>
3: What, yeah, what did they well, think of your I mean, writing? They kinda I mean, I've kind it's kinda turned me into a little bit of a survivalist or a prepper, oh, I guess, okay. is the word that people use nowadays. There you is, go. Is, well, we've got a lot of food in the basement and this spring I've been planting a bunch of fruit trees in our in our garden and stuff like that, so I think you might think I'm a little bit of a kook, but I mean at least There's it's a, not like I'm buying a bit old of a self
1: progressing prophecy here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I had some friends read it and think, oh, well, you're going to give ideas to our enemies. But I think our enemies have had this idea for a lot longer than
1: I have. So. Right. Well, yeah, especially since yeah, it's concerning 9-11. Uh, you know, they've been working yeah. on that for a while.
3: Yeah, they, they're, yeah. they're totally focused on, on taking us down. And you oh, get yeah. some people, I mean, most people estimate that if somebody did what happens in my book, they estimate that there would be over 100 million people die within the first year, in, just in the United mm-hmm. States. I mean, it'd be really, So, crazy, you think that
1: it, it, it's a, if something like this happened, we could not uh, reco- recover from something like this?
3: We could recover, but it would take a long time. Part of the problem is is like it would take down all of our power generating equipment. Mm-hmm. And we don't manufacture that in the United States anymore. All that's done in in Germany
1: and Korea. Oh, jeez, yeah. And, so and how would how, re- how we get the parts from other countries, considering that we, you know, can't get there?
3: <laughs> yeah, we can't get there. We, you know, our economy is oh, destroyed. Geez. We can't pay for it. You know, even if they ship it and drop it off on, you know, the West Coast or the East Coast or whatever, how are they going to truck it to where it needs to go? I mean, it would be. We, I think we could recover, but it would take probably two, three, four yeah. years before we have any kind of semblance of our, you know, our used to society the way that we live.
1: Right. Well, it, it, yeah, would be very hard to go back to that kind of society.
3: Yeah, um, and that's it would definitely that definitely pushes nobody... back
1: to the Renaissance era. You know.
3: Oh yeah, it would take us back to you know the day of the telegraph almost.
1: Oh wow! And Good. and
3: that's Good. just assuming that you know Steam whoever does become it,
1: reality. <laughs> it.
3: Yeah, it would be it would be a it would be where we become so interdependent. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, the average person can't you know doesn't grow even a tenth of what food they need to survive, let alone oh, I know. You know, make clothes or. You know, be able to heat their and home or come to food. With everybody
1: losing their houses, they don't even have their own land to to grow anything on anymore. Yeah, there's
3: so many people crowded into the cities and stuff. So it would it would be a really just a terror. I mean, hopefully it never comes to pass. I mean, hopefully this would just be yeah. a fictional yeah. deal. But yeah, well, yeah we pray for terror. that,
1: right?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it would. I mean, there would be tens of millions of people die. Just I mean, if for no other reason. You think of everybody that's dependent on you know, medicine to to, to live or for okay, medical yeah. treatments or dialysis I mean, all those yeah. things away. Yeah. I mean
1: Yeah, anybody on so. dialysis would be gone. There's no way to on a dial that machine. Yeah. So, I mean it's it just a matter
3: of weeks. So and yeah. you know, my wife had her thyroid removed and she's on medication and you know, if we can get I mean we've I told her, I said you gotta get a year's worth of medication and and stuff but you know, even then after, you know, best cases that we might be able to get some more, but you never know.
1: Uh, uh, do, you, do you watch any shows that are kind of, you know, you know for instance, Rocking Dead where they have to run into the pharmacy and and take what they need? you think it will get to where we're, we are scavenging like pal- that?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think it would. It would, I mean, because, I mean, how else can you do it? It's. I mean, they're not going to have cash registers open. It's just going to be every man for himself for for a while. There'd be no
1: having to pay for anything.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but there would be nothing to pay for after, you know, a week or two. It would all be, I mean, even if people didn't need it, they would take it just to have something to barter with and to try and have something of value so, you know, Anybody that went into a pharmacy would just load up and then try and figure out how they could use that to their advantage for whatever. It would would be really scary for a long time. And I tried to touch on that in my book but not to dwell on it. I wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Americans for the most part are pretty decent people. They're not going to go run next door and shoot their neighbors to take their food. I think people are going to try to work together and try and, you know, we won't have the national government, but there would be, you know, neighborhood and local community people that would get mm-hmm. together and, okay, let's pool our resources and, and work together. And that's kind of more what I tried to emphasize. Okay. I mean, there was some of the other aspect to it, but I I don't like to be too negative and
1: Right. I think right. there's
3: plenty of other people that focus on those kind of things <laughs> and you know, take care of attack.
1: So you kind of focus on the characters and and you know show that that they are actually trying to work together for the common good of of everyone. So yeah, you know, that's obviously you're going to get bad people and hopefully the good people get down bad people.
3: Yeah, and, and what the premise of the book is is it's about a couple. Uh, I don't know if I got into it too much. Kyle Tate and his wife Jennifer, and Kyle was he's from Montana, and he mm-hmm. was down uh in Houston they had had a, a hurricane and he'd gone down there with his job to help them recover from the hurricane and just on the day he's scheduled to return home this this EMP is detonated and and so he's trapped in Houston and his wife's up in Montana and so he's the the story of the book is his efforts and attempt to get back home to his family with the world in this new condition that it's in so along the way, he meets, you know, all different types of characters and people, and he's in different situations, and, you know, it kind of follows him, and then it goes back and forth between him and his wife. And so his wife, she's got, you know, three kids, and, and you know, he can't go to the store, and you can't jump in the car and go to, mom, you know, to the parents or whatever, and so she's in a, you know, totally different situation. So it kind of tracks her uh, involvement with her community, and then Kyle as he meets, you know, different p- people as he travels across the country.
1: Hmm. Now, you're saying that you you went ahead and decided to publish it yourself because you were having no luck with the big publishers.
3: Yeah, I, had, I queried a bunch of agents, and, you know, half of them wouldn't even send me a, you know, a rejection. It would just kind of... You'd never hear back. I had one agent actually who was really quite interested. She even phoned me and stuff, but she was her main her specialty was women's literature, mm. and so she wanted me to make <laughs> changes yeah. stuff to it, and it's like, well, that would really change my story and I made i thought had made changes along what she's looking, and she says, "Oh, that's not really what i want and But she wouldn't give me any more. Uh, input, So I just kind of thought, well, I like the story the way it is. And I was almost figuring, I didn't even realize I could, you know, publish with Kindle and with uh, Nook and those kind of things. So I had figured, well, you know, my family's read it and they've enjoyed it and my friends have read it and they've enjoyed it and we'll just call that good. And then I was reading an article, I think it was in Newsweek, that talked about uh, authors that were starting to self-publish for the Kindle right and so i kind of intrigued me because i had a book written and ready to go and looked into it and found that that's just an amazing opportunity to do that that um you know the opportunities for for authors and it's interesting there's a lot of message boards on amazon with authors and there's a good mm-hmm. number of men there that are authors that have had agents and had publishing contracts before that have right Basically, let them expire, and are' just doing it self right yeah. yeah, yeah, I know they
1: they a lot of right. science fiction authors who and fantasy authors who did that they they said you know yeah. they they were taking way too long to get paid, um uh, you know yeah, it takes over a year, to get paid.
3: and they yeah. control and they kind of make you write what they want to see, and it's they they take the big chunk and they give you the little one and and stuff. So, in a way, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that nobody picked me up because I believe they say that a first-time author, their average, you know, um, what they, their signing bonus, whatever you call it, advance on draws, is only like five thousand dollars. And then yeah, you know, in a like year them. or two, when the book comes out, you might make a little bit more than that. And so, doing it the way I did it, I ended up making. You know, I'm certainly not ready to retire, but. I made more doing it that way than I would have if I'd gone to an agent and a publisher, so Yeah,
1: especially with an agent when they're taking fifteen percent.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and and then you know, and one thing is nice is it's really hard to to advertise effectively and to publicize things with a small budget. And so that yeah. does help to have a big publisher behind you, but yeah. Uh, there's things that. Well, so
1: they only do a like, certain amount, though. That's just it. You know, uh, everybody says, yeah. "Oh, well, you know, that'll help you." Yes, they do to a point, but not usually for first-time authors. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. You got to
3: kind of get lucky to to get them behind you and have something that picks uh, up. I did have one publisher contact me, and they seemed pretty pretty interested. They contacted me. I had after I self-published, and and we went. Back and forth okay. several times, but then they just quit contacting. So I don't know what happened with that. But uh, so there has been some interest, but I think it's still worked out really well the way it's the way it's gone.
1: So you d- you've done all this in g- digital, and you you have sold sold ten thousand copies. And uh, so now you're at the point where you want to put it in print. Is that the idea?
3: Yeah, if I could get it in print, fine some way to make it work that uh, I think that would be, you know, kind of a neat opportunity. I had, I've had i had a decent number of reviews on Amazon, and, you know, several of them have said that they wish it could get it in print, just kind of mm-hmm. say, you know, this guy's writing about an EMP and all the electronics going down, but we wouldn't be able to have his book if that happened and, and stuff. <laughs> so I guess it would be fun hey, to have your own book on the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, you know, it's it's been a great experience to this point. So,
1: well, you do know that you can do short runs. I mean, you don't have to do a whole bunch.
3: Yeah, I looked into that, but the thing that I guess concerns me, with not concerns me, but just kind of to even break even on, you'd have to sell the book for like twelve or thirteen dollars. And so that's, you know, a, a paperback, which is pretty spendy, in my opinion, for a paperback book. And so,
1: Well, okay. Like
3: mixed, I'm, I got mixed feelings I'm a publisher, it, so
1: if you, if, you, if you did this yourself, uh, it's only about about $4, for, you know, depending on how big your book is. So between 4 and $5 for the print. Oh, is that right? Yeah.
3: Because I looked at create space. I think that's the one that Amazon pushes. Yeah.
1: Well, and I was. You know, I, I would never go through. <laughs> I I don't. I'm not an advocate of Amazon. And I mean, I have my books up there, but, but it's only because you have to. You know, nowadays. Uh huh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: uh, they're the big dog in the business. They're the big dog. Yeah. And uh, so you got to have your books in there, but when it comes down to it, there's a lot of other locations in which you can buy your own books and, and even one off at a time uh, for under $5 piece. So it's, you definitely should look into doing that because it'll increase your ability to take your book, physical book into libraries as well as you know, going out on tour and, and you know, getting more books out. So yeah, I, I will really have to look about. into that
3: because I hadn't. I had done some, and everything I had seen seemed so expensive that I didn't want to.
2: Yeah, I understand.
3: You know, because <laughs> you know, your friends and family are going to feel obligated to support you, and I didn't want them to be forking out fifteen bucks for a for a no. book that.
1: The the thing is that what I usually do is I was, I would go to events and I sell it for ten, even though it says fourteen ninety five on it. Just because you want to stay in alignment with what everybody else is doing in the industry, you don't uh-huh. want to sell your undersell your book. But on the other hand, do you go to you go to shows and whatnot and get the show price? So if the book costs yeah. you you know under five dollars and you're selling it for ten, then you're making the money.
3: Yeah, that's decent money, and that's not too bad of a price. Ten dollars for a book, so.
1: And most people have no problem, especially if they're getting you to sign it right away.
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because that does what add of value to, to the book as well.
1: Yeah, I'll looking to look again, into it because like I said, I'd small runs, small runs, you can do, you know, 10 of them at a time and then hold on to them. So, uh, definitely, you know, I, I will send you a couple of things and that way you can see it, okay?
3: Um, yeah, that would be good. I'd be interested in looking at it because <laughs> I, I have cause some, I, but everything. I every recommend thing.
1: it highly. <laughs> you did wonderful so far. You honestly did I mean I mean, you use ten thousand run or ten thousand copies uh in 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 Kindle um and are on ebooks, so now it's time to break out and, and and go out and talk to people
3: yeah broaden the broaden the footprint i guess
1: huh yeah yeah, definitely you want to get the word out, and just obviously having the book in front of you will get you in the door.
3: Yeah. So. Yeah. I get, be...
1: my, so I get off my. I get off my soapbox.
3: Well, yeah, I like that. It, it's something I had wanted to do, but just everything I had seen on it just was
1: it turned you off. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It just. I know there. There's some that they kind of offer these. You know, you just pay them three, yeah. four thousand dollars, and they'll give you. I
1: know.
3: You know, do all this stuff, and it just seemed kind of shady. So.
1: Yeah, I know. And there again, I again, lie, a lot of authors and readers have, have already gone through those people, so i have already gone through those companies, and that's one reason why I got started in doing what I'm doing. So, because yeah, I see those out there. <laughs> yeah, but then then I turn around and, and I'm doing radio and things like that because again, we need to expand our reach
2: which yes. you, yeah,
1: are, it's, you
0: it's,
1: obviously it's understood. <laughs> so. No, definitely. And, of course, author supporting authors. You did your blog tour. Um, how did that go? turn out?
3: I I think it went pretty good. It's hard to tell because you never know for sure where, you know, your sales come from. But, uh, yeah. you know, I yeah. see a lot of other people talking about how those book sales have just crashed in the once the weather warms up, and it might have stayed pretty steady. So.
1: Well, so you're, you're, you're getting you're helps. getting closer to the end of the year, so if you're going to make your mark, probably a good time to do it.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Because again, you know, we are all seeing, you know, as as you know, as you're already into the survival mode, um, because a lot of these survival stores are just, you know, really busy. Because people are yeah. feeling something's going to happen.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, it's interesting. It really yeah. does seem like there is kind of a just a, I don't know, a dark cloud or whatever that people are just sensing something that they can't quite put their finger on, but it's not a a comforting deal.
1: Right. Right. So, so uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as
2: you know maybe <laughs> what you
1: depicted in the story. I hope, but uh, definitely I hope not something. too. I really do. Yeah, we all hope.
3: <laughs> yeah I mean I think we know with the economy people have been a little bit more on edge just because you know I think you I know, know I personally had you know these plans of everything I was going to do and then all of a sudden they all kind of came crashing down so
1: yeah. people have been yeah I mean, we, we all had that uh, uh, you know people losing houses and and trying to you know losing their jobs and trying to figure out what they're going to do and uh, yeah. yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of that that feeling about it. So, uh, yeah. that's probably one reason why your story, besides the fact that you've got a really killer cover that is really doing well right now.
3: Which people yeah, know. I definitely think that, yeah, that just that edginess, the, the sense True. of whatever is, is held. There, and it's been interesting. There's been a lot of books with with kind of similar, um, you know, doom and gloom, if you want to put it that way, that um, that I've seen to come out. And when I was researching to do the book, I wasn't finding any at all. So there's, since it seems like there's a, a lot uh, of
1: them now, yeah. Yeah, a lot more of them. Yeah, I have a partner who was writing 2012 stories. Sad the 2012 doesn't really happen in 2012. It's 2013. If you look at the geological information, uh, you'll see the definite trend going on with the earthquakes. So, yeah, yeah,
3: there's been the earthquakes and the tsunamis, and I know
1: a lot more of them than we've ever seen before.
3: Yeah, I think it's got, and then yeah, with the the Mayan calendar and all the hype that's gotten, I think there's just been a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that. Has come up lately that has people thinking along those lines.
1: Yeah, and that's where the unease, I think, is coming from. They know, you know, it may be a combination of some things that are going to happen. But, yeah, we know we hope that it's not going to be quite so bad. But, um, yeah,
3: yeah, it would be, yeah. Yeah, I think definitely we, uh, yeah, if it becomes what my book is, and I think we're, Really in a lot of trouble. So hopefully it'll just stay fiction and not prophecy.
1: Yeah, this is fiction. This is prophecy. That's yes, for sure.
3: But the scary thing is, you know, how you talked about the solar flares and stuff like that. Is those things? Right,
1: right.
3: Those things just happen naturally, no matter what. And
1: yeah, there's no way, no way to do anything about
3: it. <laughs> yeah. In. You know, we know that at some point that is going to happen, and that is, I mean, the last one, I think, was 1854, back in the day of the yeah. telegraph. And that yeah. was pretty disruptive yeah. with, you know, with what but, little... you
1: know, luckily that's all they had going on. <laughs> yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. But if the same so, thing was to happen today, yeah. it would be just... And what would be really bad with that is it wouldn't just affect, you know, one area of the world, it would affect all the countries, I know. So it that's, an, that's, an over,
1: that's a globe-wide, you know. Yeah, it it really is. And so
3: then we couldn't even, you know, we wouldn't be able to get nothing from Germany or Korea because they would be needing them for themselves, so.
1: Right. Well, hopefully we still have some people, you know, around who remember how to, to do those things and think of fix things. Yep. You know, so that yeah. way they can say, you know what, we can't get the part, but, you know, I I used to make it. So let's yeah, figure out make... a way to get around it.
3: Yeah. We're resourceful re- re- people. We really are. And, I mean, if yeah. that's going to happen, I'd rather be, you know, in the United States than anywhere else because we've got oh, yeah. uh, people with that kind of a mindset to, to fixing it. Right. To,
1: let's to, get it done attitude
3: yeah exactly. It's not a, oh, somebody's got to come save me. It's in general, I think you know, Americans are much more independent, and you know I can take care of myself. thank you very much and right uh, so I guess we're at least the best p- place to be if, if and when that does happen
1: that's for sure so uh so any books after this one because you were saying that uh you know did not you've got the gloomy stuff gone <laughs> Is there any other. <laughs> Is there any other story that is coming up that you uh, are working on or thinking about?
3: Oh uh, well, I had mentioned that that one company had called or, or contacted me mm-hmm. and stuff, and the the what was his name, Their sales rep guy, whatever. He had said, you know, hey, great book, really like it. He says, now you got to realize that your, you know, the people that have read this kind of like that type of thing, and that's what they're expecting from you. So he. Had me, you know, come up with different story ideas and, and stuff like that. So I came up with three or four ideas that I think are actually, they're not, you know, EMP or whatever, but they're kind of more of the um, post-apocalyptic, you know, mm-hmm. mankind on the edge. And he kind of talked about that too, how people were, you know, worried and concerned and and that there's, you know, a market that's not really being satisfied at this point with those kind of books so i had a few ideas in that line of thinking and i've got i think i've got rough outlines for about eight different novels at this point that i would really wow. like to write just okay. it's a matter of finding the time to to sit down in front of the computer and
1: and right. do it exactly and now that you're trying to market this one it kind of gets it gets tough too I know. It does. Experience. Yeah, it takes a
3: lot of time to do it. And I've got, you know, we got five kids. They're all, you know, older wow, to 17. Kids, to busy
0: and
3: stuff, kids, And I've got my business. And mm-hmm. and we just moved to a new house last summer, so we're trying to get lawn and garden yeah. and, you know, all that kind of stuff done. So there's a lot of things to take take up your time. So
1: Yeah, sure, sure. That's why I find that uh, a lot of authors are starting Later in life. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, in the 50s kind of thing. And it's because yep. they're, they're done with the kids or their career has changed. So they think, you hey, oh, I might as well do this now. I don't yeah, have time. Heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. what you said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So as yeah, you said, have been, on your
3: bucket list, so you just wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly if, if you know if the slowdown hadn't happened happened, because I was thinking, mm-hmm. well maybe I could go out you know, I had this business and I had to make payments on and so I couldn't just say, Oh well, you know, it was great, I've I'll go get a job working for so and so or whatever. It was you know, I had to keep this business alive so I couldn't go out and get another job so it was you know, what can I do and Right you know, the most productive thing I figured was to, you know, give it, see a shot. what would happen. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and it's turned out to be, you know, a pretty decent endeavor, so it's something I'm glad I did and would like to continue to do some more if I ever can get the, t- the time managed right <laughs> to make it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just, not, it's just like your first book, it was just matter of sitting down and getting that done. And then, yeah. of course, editing, editing, editing,
3: editing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and fortunately, my wife is really talented with that. And she helped me a lot on that. And uh, really. Awesome. I think the book was, you know, the story was was good, but I know if it hadn't been well edited, people would have not oh, yeah. responded nearly as positive as they had. Because, I, I, I mean, I've read books with typos and spelling errors, and it becomes distracting, so. Right. it was it was
1: Definitely. Great to have her well it's good to know that you know you did that part right and and obviously you did if you would you wouldn't have had this many sales without it but my curiosity is what else did you do in order to facilitate those sales
3: oh uh, trying to think what all I've done is I've been a fair number of book blogs that I've gotten involved in I did a little bit of advertising with Goodreads. Uh, I think the luckiest thing that happened to me was there was, like, literally the night that I uploaded it onto Amazon, I mean, within just a few minutes, somebody bought a copy of it. I don't know who it was. But they were like a a post-apocalyptic person. They put it in a, a Goodreads uh, group and so a gets exposure there. And then with the Amazon rankings, that's helped with people seeing it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put at the end of the book, and in fact, it was kind of funny because today I got a, a review on Amazon that was a one-star review, and they kind of complained about my blurb at the end of the book. But at the end of the book, I just said, you know, appreciate you reading it. And, you know, if you would consider, you know, consider uh, posting a review on Amazon because, you know, reviews help get you know, more people interested, and, you know, and consider, you know, if you liked it, telling your friends about it, maybe they could, uh, you know, read it too, because, you know, as an independent author, it's hard for us to to find a market, and, you know, any independent author books that you read, you know, that would be really helpful for, and it was interesting, because I really saw my sales had kind of, back in October, had kind of gone up to about 30 a day, and then they're dropping back down into the 10, 15, 20 a day, and then when I added that to it, they, you know, the sales took off and jumped up again. So I think that did make a difference on
1: that. It's, it's, so, I, you know, you have to have at least one um, bad review. I mean, this is, it's honest, you should be uh, not all heavy in fives because that's unrealistic.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's, I kind of, the first Time I got a bad review it was kind of like a kick in the stomach, but now it's yeah. No. I'm like, oh well, you know if that's how you feel, that's fine, and and you know I understand that you know especially where I'm categorized in the techno thriller and in a post-apocalyptic thing, a lot of those people are looking for you know especially with post-apocalyptic, they're you know looking for zombies and vampires and, and those kind felt. of things. And this book is really not. Along those right. lines, so if that's what they're wanting, they're going to be really disappointed. So it's well, you know so most you people don't, you know, not
1: that there are any in there so I don't know why they're disappointed, but you know that's the way they are.
3: Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Again,
1: you can't you can't please everybody.
3: Nope, and that's I mean as much as you'd like to, that's kind of you know it's yeah. it's in I, I probably read the and not that I want people to leave bad reviews, but I probably read the bad reviews and think about them more than the good ones just because it's like, okay, yeah. now, could I have made this person <laughs> happy or are they just going to, you know, they're never going to like my style of writing or this kind of story I like to tell. and So it's, it's, it's you know, it's a little frustrating because it does, I think it hurts sales. I had one weekend, I had like two or three in a row and my city. I could see a real dip in my sales, but, you know, I got some good reviews on there and things kind of went back again. So I know it does, it does impact the,
1: yeah, the it sales, does. but
3: yeah. it's, you know, like you say, you can never, never please everybody. No. So it's...
1: Yeah, um, that's just great. Right. Yeah, you know, I get people who, uh, I, you know, ship off books to them, and they'll give me a three for no reason. They'll just say... Yeah, the the the, uh, the sale was good and that's all they had to say about it well then why did you give me a three <laughs> yeah it, you, it's
3: so frustrating you don't
1: realize what you just said to my numbers <laughs> you know?
3: yeah because yeah, I was for a while there I was like in Amazon's top 100 for book ratings for customer reviews which was kind of exciting and then I had that little flurry of negative ones and it's just dropped
1: yeah, me down, I can't get back up there now. That's they, they they don't realize and they they don't care. So yeah, care. Yeah, a, single, just, a single a
3: single one star review it takes twenty five star reviews to,
1: to recover. I, I know from. it. I I don't quite grasp their percentages there but since <laughs> so you got yeah. mostly fives and you got, you know, one one and a couple threes and you're going well then why is it this percentage? I don't get it. So, so yeah, it, makes, it doesn't it, quite make sense to me. <laughs>
3: yeah, and I, and I understand. I mean, like I said, some people are just, it's not the story they're looking for. and Right, right. For whatever they, reason, they, they just
1: like that they give you they like you to complain that they give you a, yeah. a one just because he didn't like the fact that you asked him for a review. Is, yeah, he, you know, he, he stated that
3: so right patty, in his review. Yeah. He, said, he said, I would have given it a two, but he asked for a review, so I'm giving him a one. And it's like, well... Whatever, that's fine. You're you just that. a but,
1: jerk, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> but, and, and it's all the other one stars, too. It's They're not even, uh, they're big gripes. They're kind of like, you know, conversations that character has. They didn't like that in the book. And so they're, and it's like, okay, that was like half of a page. <laughs> and so you're, yeah.
1: yeah. You're dwelling on half I a mean, page. Is that where you stopped or what? You
3: know, yeah so to oh, well, it I mean, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed you know getting the feedback and how people respond to things and and you know next time, I'll probably be a little bit more um aware of what to expect. this first time has been a really big learning experience, and has you know opened my eyes to a lot of things that I hadn't known before, so yeah,.
1: Definitely. Uh, are you doing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, radio spots like this one?
3: You know what? This is the only one I've done. It's uh, you're kidding. No, I didn't even know. <laughs> I saw your cover that. and
1: told and told uh, VK I wanted to interview you right away. Oh wow! <laughs> no, I really did because Well, when you get the printed book, because um, I'm um, also the managing editor for uh, speculative fiction newspaper here in Arizona. Uh-huh. And I've got i got reviewers that you know, they're they're stuck on their on their printed version. They don't like to read Kindles yet. Um oh, they want a hard copy. <laughs> they want they have to have a hard copy. I might be able yeah. to get uh somebody I might be able to get maybe one person who actually reads on Kindle. Maybe she'll do it for me. Uh but if so we can actually put that into the newspaper. So yeah, definitely interested in they this is kind of stuff that they like to read.
3: So, oh, wow, um, yeah, that'd be great. It'd be because...
1: which is why I saw your cover read your synopsis and said, "Well, yeah, <laughs> it' just, you know I have a lot of a lot of people who who read this kind of stuff, and so do I so definitely uh-huh. wanted to interview you, so that's why i I put in an interview for you and and of course, obviously okay. you're on my blog as well, but uh-huh
3: you know. no i yeah this is this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed having the conversation. It's hard sometimes when everything's just by email to, to get
1: yeah, a feel I for know. the other for person. what, what so. it's going to be like. I, and if you listen to my other ones, you'll see that I'm kind of the same way. I'm just kind of, you know, kind of conversation, you know. We're talking about your book. Uh-huh. We're talking about the writing. You know, that's really what it's all about. And just have fun talking.
0: Yeah, so, uh, definitely, his, yeah.
1: It's one reason why our, our numbers have gone up. So we, you know, people want to hear this kind of conversation. So.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. so, with that, you know, I have one question to ask you. It's near the end here. Actually, we're, we're coming upon a half an hour already, or actually, been an hour already. And my question I asked near the end is: Now that you successfully slain the dragon, what? How will you celebrate?
3: <laughs> I, oh boy! <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's an interesting question.
1: Everybody has different answers.
3: You're, you're talking as far as just you know getting the book published and stuff like that.
1: Well, now that you've you're, you've successfully published the book, how are you going to celebrate now that you've successfully slain the dragon?
3: Probably by going after another one. There
1: you go. This, first,
3: this was a... <laughs>
1: you know, when you start, just, you, you really wonder... Just talking like, about apocalypse here, we'll say, we need, to, <laughs> we need to slay those dragons so we have meat.
3: <laughs> That's right. we got to get food <laughs> in our go. freezers. There, so, <laughs>
1: there <so>. you
3: go. <laughs> but, well, but, yeah, it was really interesting. Wonderful. Go ahead. Yeah, w- with writing, you kind of, you always, I don't know, at least I did, I'm can't project on other people, but you know, you see these books and you think, oh, I could never do that. That's you know, so much you know work, and I'm just not gifted or I don't have the ability or whatever. But having done it, it really kind of is a exciting thing, and, and now it's like, hey, I you know, I can do that. And so it's go. not as as big of a obstacle anymore.
1: That's why I figure it's it's like slaying a dragon. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing there. bigger than that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it really is, because it's such, it's, you know, you sit down your, for your first week and you feel like you get nowhere, and it's like, oh, I'll never, I'll never do this seems or like whatever. It like a lot
1: bigger, yeah. You see a lot of empty pages and, and you know, how am I going to get started?
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah, how do I, yeah, the first word almost is, I won't say it's the topic, it's not, <laughs> yeah. but it's that first sentence yeah. takes a lot to get that down, and then you know the first chapter and then the fifth chapter and and stuff, so it's it, it's yeah it's there's a lot of little victories along the way, but to type that last period was it was pretty cool,
1: yes, it is nothing like it,
3: yeah, <laughs> a lot of like at college when you're done with finals for the semester, it's kind of just that big huge release that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's the same. So, that's the same kind of feeling. You know, it's like, oh, thank You I'm done
3: with that. Yeah, but then you But then you wake up and think, okay, I've got it written. Now, how do I get people to f- find out about it and buy it? And then it's like a whole yeah. different mountain or yeah. different dragon to slay. So. Yes,
1: right. That's right. First, first so. hurdle is obviously getting it done, and second is getting it edited right. And then, yeah. okay, now I got to think about cover, and I got to think about, you know, how am I going to get the word out in this uh, big sea of all these other books?
3: Yeah, and there's so these, many
1: people, and,
3: and yeah, there's so many them. writers out there. How are they going to notice this one?
1: Exactly. But then again, there's a lot of a lot of crap out there.
2: <laughs> there That's is. The
1: so, but, so, you've done your right things, you've done the right things, and, and now you just you can take the next step. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish you all the luck, and when you get those, you know, I'll definitely send you some information so that way you can make some uh, informed decisions, okay?
3: Yeah, that would be really good. I will watch for that because,
1: like I said, I'd looked into it but just had been
3: turned off by what I'd seen, so.
1: Yeah, I understand. Okay. Well, with that, I'm going to say goodnight and uh, I'm going to leave leave you now and I'm going to give a couple of announcements and then I'm going to uh, have dinner with my family. You know. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Really nice talking Thank to you, you so Ray. Thank you for your time. You too, and have a great one. That was Ray, and uh, we had a really wonderful conversation, and if you guys missed any of it, you can definitely listen to it again in its entirety. Uh, in about an hour, it'll be available, so you'll be able to listen to it as as you as you want. Uh, let's see what else we have coming up. I don't think I have any shows this week. I do have another. If you check the uh, my blog, there's one from last night, one there from yesterday, and then there's going to be another one for Cindy McDonald on Friday. Uh, that would be Hot Cocoa. Gee, I wonder what kind of story that is. And then, of course, we've got Father's Day on to, on Sunday, so we won't be on that night, that day, because, you know, everybody's got to spend it with their dad. And then on uh, 22nd, uh, we have something. There's a virtual book tour with Dr. Donna Lee, and she's got a wonderful self-help uh, book that we like to talk about. And a couple more things on um, 27th and 28th. Of uh, June here, one with Warren Carr. Oops, I accidentally moved somebody here. And one with Robert Lowe. So we've got quite a few virtual book tours. I don't have too many things on uh radio show because I've been working lately on getting a lot more going on outside of uh, the radio shows. I'm also adding uh, a lot of, you know, uh, Arizona book tour with uh, about five or six authors. So we definitely have uh, our work cut off for us uh, running around the, the state of Arizona, different places. So we're probably going to be in Tucson working on that. And then I just also signed up for something for August, but that's a little too far off to be telling you about. But definitely on the 7th of, the Saturday the 7th would be Tucson Book and Author Day in Tucson. And uh, we can give you more information in the weeks ahead. So, with that, I'm going to sign out for the day. You guys have a great one. This is Patty Holtran signing off with K Wad Radio.